Before we get started, I wanted to let you know about our monthly membership called the High Risers Club. Building upon the foundation of our program, Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors, the High Risers Club is designed to help members gain a more expansive knowledge of and confidence around the most important aspects of commercial real estate. Each month, we'll take a deep dive into one specific commercial real estate topic, and you can join me and my team live every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time to learn and answer your questions. To sign up, click the link in the show notes or go to coachjeffwright.com slash the High Risers Club. Hi, this is Coach Jeff Wright. And in my podcast, Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors, we will take a deep dive with industry experts into different aspects of commercial real estate. My ultimate goal is to give you the knowledge, confidence, and belief that you can transact commercial real estate at a high level, just like you do with residential real estate. Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors podcast. I'm your guest host, Jeffrey Wright II, and in this edition of our Ask Coach Jeff series, we'll be discussing the different types of commercial leases. So the first type of lease I think we should cover is the gross lease. So the gross lease, there are, as you said, there's going to be multiple types. So we're going to address, and I think, what are the major categories of leases. But the gross lease, when someone says that the lease amount that they're looking at is $19. They say that's what we're worth, $19 a square foot. If it's a gross lease, that $19 is what that tenant is paying, just the $19. The landlord is taking care of any other cost associated with the property. So it's literally $19. The tenant can plan on that, that amount of money. And that's what the gross lease is. It means the landlord is taking care of all the other expenses for the property. The tenant's just paying at $19. So for an example, $19 a square foot, small thousand thousand square foot space, 19 times a thousand, $19,000 is my rent. So it's 19,000 annual, and then we divide it by 12. And that's what our monthly rent is, because most of our folks, like we said earlier, would think in terms of monthly amount. So exactly what you just said, $19 times a thousand, 19,000 divided by 12 tells us what our rent is. Great. Okay. So that's the gross lease. Now let's talk about the net lease, a net lease and the different types of net leases, but perhaps first just a general overview of net lease. So I just want us to think about this with a net lease that landlord's trying to allocate, capture some of the expenses for the property from the tenant. Where in the gross lease, the number they've put out, that's the number. Okay, and I want to just make one point in the gross lease too, is that some of the smaller spaces very often, like smaller, somebody's renting 500 square feet, a thousand. Many times, those are gross leases. That's the number, and that's what it is. With a net lease that we're talking about now, especially the bigger lease, bigger square footage, somebody's renting 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, 100. 
it's typically you'll see it in a net kind of lease where the landlord is collecting a base rent and some other level of expense from the property. And what are those categories of expenses? Yeah, so, so typically what you're going to hear, and you're going to literally see the letter N for net, and you're going to see either a single net, a double net, or a triple net. And for our audience, you can, we can just think in terms of the acronym TIM. So if it's a single net, and we take the first letter T stands for taxes, first letter TIM. So our single net lease is we're asking the landlord saying, here's a base rent amount. I'm going to pay you $19 plus your proportionate share of the taxes, property taxes for the building. So we take an example and let's say when a building is 20,000 square feet and our tenant has 2,000 square feet, they're going to pay 10% of the taxes because 2,000 is 10% of the size of the building, the 20,000 square feet. So they're paying their base rent, their $19, plus their share of the taxes. That's the single net. Now, if it's a double net, two ends, think of our acronym again, TIN. We know we've got taxes, and the second letter I is insurance. So they're going to pay the proportionate share of what the insurance is for the building to the landlords. So they're paying the base rent, their proportionate share of taxes, and their proportionate share of insurance. Now, the one that's most common is triple net. And the triple net, we already know taxes, we already know insurance. The M from the, from the TIM acronym is for the common area maintenance. So they're going to, they're going to, whatever snow plowing was for the year, if it cost $1,000 to snow plowing for the year, and they have 10% of the building, they'll pay an additional, for their common area maintenance, additional $100 towards that snow plowing. And they'll do it again across any of the common area expenses that they'll have. So gross lease, everything's included. Net lease, whether it's single, double, or triple, means that tenants can pay additional costs. And the level of net will tell us what amount of additional, whether it's single, double, or triple. Okay, I have two questions about these types of expenses as we're talking about them. One, as an agent, when you were initially negotiating and, and you're representing a tenant, you're looking at the land, are you ever asking that landlord for those documents that they're, so here's the tax bill for the building so that I know that this is how much the building was charged in taxes and this is my percent, same with insurance and maintenance because Otherwise, it seems like you're just trusting a number that's thrown out. Yes, another great question. So this is part of the reason why with a commercial lease that you want attorneys involved for both the tenant and the landlord is because a good commercial real estate attorney representing tenants can say as part of whatever expense you're going to charge us, you have a, a requirement to prove to us, to show us what that dollar amount is. In addition to that, I tell people that are in our high risers club that are learning commercial real estate, that I tell them 
is that I always want to do an independent check of things I can check. And one of the things it's weak, it's harder for us to check insurance for what it is. We can only get a ballpark, but the taxes we can check on our own to find out for municipality what those taxes are. So the answer to your question is no, we shouldn't just blindly trust. There should be a mechanism that can be proven to us what those expenses are. And then we also know that from year to year, these expenses can change. So within that lease that you're signing, is a tenant, is it always going to be, in this example, 19 plus, you know, $8 triple net? Is that just year one in a three-year lease and the triple net can fluctuate? Or are you looking at, I mean, are landlords kind of averaging them over the term of the lease in terms of what they're yeah, another great question. This is what I tell people and we teach people in the High Risers Club is that is that the base rent that 19 is whatever it is that landlords can collect. And then if you're dealing with triple net or any other expenses, that those expenses almost always are one of two things. They are variable, meaning they can go up or down based on what the actual was. So if you take snow plowing, how the heck will you know what level snow plowing you had for winter, depending on where you are? So what typically will happen is a lease will say that we are going to provide for you within 30 days after the lease is over. We're going to provide what all the expenses were and you're required. There's going to be an adjustment that you owe us money or we owe you money. A lot of times if we owe you money kind of thing, they'll figure out how to handle that, meaning that there'll be a mechanism for that adjustment that gets made. And then sometimes they'll lower for the next year what the triple net is. Sometimes they'll just leave it at that amount based on what it's been historically, and they'll just adjust accordingly. That's one way. The second way is some people or tenant, they don't want the risk of the fact that it can go up. They don't believe that it's going to go down. They believe it, it may go up on them. So many times they will just lock in and negotiate and say, this is all I'm going to pay for that triple net amount, $8, as you said. Even if it ends up being $8.25, we're not going to pay that. And that gets negotiated and agreed to. Now, from my own understanding and the understanding of other folks who may be new to this, with taxes, insurance, and maintenance, that's not utilities. So if I'm renting this space and I've got a base rent and I've got triple net, single net, double net, however many nets there, I may still have utilities on top of that. Or in some cases, do I have the utilities as part of the how are we looking at utilities? Because it's just a, another thing. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great question. It's the only way to know fully what your tenant's going to pay. So you need to ask the question, in whatever they're providing, are utilities included or not? Because there will be the buildings, the example I cited earlier, that the electric is part of the rent. They've already built that in because it's just one meter or that heat could be part of the rent. They've already built it in. It's only one meter. So you just got to ask because the only way to know what the full cost is is to know on how utilities are set up. 
Mm-hmm. And triple net, those net items are only ever taxes, insurance, and maintenance, correct? Yeah. And some people will look at and say that also in those common areas, there may be in a building that there's a meter set just for hallway or there was a big workout facility. So just think in terms of anything I think of tell somebody that's in the common area, just know that you could be charged for something common to the tenants in that building. Okay. Now, since net leases are a big part of what everyone will be dealing with, is there anything else before we move on to other types of leases that we should cover with net leases? Yeah, the only thing I just want to say to everybody is just to make sure that when you understand the difference and you're looking online, you're looking at property that's being somebody says, I'm leasing something $19 triple net, or I'm looking at another space that's $23 gross. Well, somebody that doesn't understand the difference between gross and triple net may gravitate towards that 19 triple net thinking it's less money. But in your example of $8 triple net, that triple net lease is really 19 plus eight. So it's really $27 a triple net where the gross is pure 23. So really important just to understand what's included and what is the lease type so that we know going forward. Great, great. One of the types of leases that is fairly common, but not nearly as common as net leases or gross leases is the percentage lease. So let's talk about the percentage lease and what that entails. Yeah, so one is to always think in terms of there's a base rent, whether it's gross lease and they just say it's 19 that's our base rent if it's triple net and they say it's 19 triple net 19 is there with a percentage lease there's going to be a base rent whatever that is they're going to get paid whatever that base rent is but in the retail world it's primarily driven in the retail world almost always will it only be for retail versus office or industrial they will that landlord will share in revenue, a percentage of sales for that tenant will then have to be paid in additional rent. So when they say it's a percentage lease, the percentage talks about the percentage of the revenue that a tenant's getting deriving from the sales for, you know, for their retail food operation or whatever it might be. So that percentage is that landlord sharing in the success, if there is, and again, it's structured in the lease, anything above this amount of sales receipts, we're going to pay 3% additional in rent. So again, that lease is so important. We keep saying over and over again, it's the heart of the deal. It has to be laid out exactly. And it's not an automatic. Every retail is not done that way. But the ones that are done that way, the lease will say, how it gets handled. Now, I realize this may be something that's negotiated, but with these percentage leases, are they always on a gross percentage of the revenue? Are certain ones based on profit rather than receipts? Or is there like a standard for percentage leases? Yeah, you know, I'd like to say there's a standard for any of this. And there were times I used to say something is, this is how it works. I've just found that that's just not the case because even how people interpret 
what is profit or what is net profit or what is gross profit or what is gross revenue is all very different. So it's really important to be very crystal clear for what is the mechanism to get charged additional rent. And how is that clearly delineated so that everybody's on the same page or everybody can calculate the same? One of the other types of leases that people are going to come in contact with, come across as they're doing business is the modified gross lease. Let's give everyone an understanding of, of what that type of lease is. Okay. So the real key is what you just said, modified. So we learned the first lease we talked about was we said a gross lease and we said $19 and you're just paying $19 times that 1,000 square feet, 19,000 for the year. Modified is just really simple. They're gonna still pay that 19 and there may be one expense that or two, something that that landlord says they're gonna pay in addition to that. And it may be just saying, it's $19 plus electric, or it's $19 plus utilities, or it's $19 plus if taxes go up above a certain amount. But it's just something in addition to, and it's not where a triple net says all these things are factored. The modified is dealing with something very specific, and many times that you see it, it's tied to utilities. Okay. And then last in the major categories of leases or the leases that we're likeliest to come across as we're doing commercial work is the ground lease. And the ground lease may even be the most unique of these categories that we see. Um, so how are people leasing ground? It's great how you said it because it really typically is somebody leasing a piece of land in a big parking lot or a big shopping center. And just think of where we see, if we're in a shopping center and all of a sudden you see some food outlet, you see a McDonald's or you see a Wendy's or you see a bank there. What is happening is with that land lease, it's really different than the way most of these things occur. Land lease is typically longer in length. Literally, someone could do a 20-year, 50-year, 100-year lease. That's number one. The second thing with the land lease is that that tenant is typically absorbing all the cost to build all the improvements that are there, all of it. So if you see a brand-new bank going up or a McDonald's, whatever, they're building that. What they're doing is they're paying the landlord a certain agreed-to rent and it's typically, you know, just an, it's an agreed amount. They can do it in any structure they want, whether it's a net or it's a gross, but they're paying a base rent and they're just working on a rent schedule and who's responsible for, you know, whatever it might be. But the thing for us to remember is that tenant is putting the money out for the land lease to build whatever the facility is, to build their leasehold improvements, and to handle typically all the repairs going forward with their property. And so leasehold improvements, any construction that they're doing, what about taxes and insurance? Again, each one will be different in what typically somebody 
pass it on. But the thing I want us to remember is that if we think of the development of the property, the building of the property, and the maintaining the property, that typically goes, all of it goes over to the tenant. Okay. And for example, in, a, in one of these 20-year ground leases, what happens, who has ownership of those buildings if in 20 years that tenant no longer wants to stay there? Yeah. If it, if they move out, I guess the lease will govern that. But what's very different with land leases is typically what happens is after that lease is up, and that's why many times it's even longer than twenty years, is that whole structure gets just turned over for a dollar to the landlord at that point. And there's a lot of reasons which we'll cover in other sessions why that happens, but that's how it's typically done. Well, we've covered a lot of ground, small space, but a lot of ground with all these different types of commercial leases and the differences between residential leases and commercial leases. I think this is a good place to put a bow on this particular conversation. But before we do that, is there anything else that you either want to reiterate or cover that we haven't covered in this particular episode to this point just to finish up yeah so i just think to finish up i just think that the one comment to always remember is that everything's a negotiation even if it's residential or if it's commercial it's up to those two parties to negotiate so there's just not the standard stuff the standard stuff is really more tied to residential and more tied to whatever state law it is to be able to govern how stuff that gets done. But everything else really becomes a negotiation. And the last part of emphasis, just to, in my opinion, you should have a lawyer involved that handles residential leases or commercial leases. At least, has, at least that lawyer has set up on the residential side something for them to use going forward. Just think it will allow for a lot less headaches down the road. Great. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Commercial Real Estate for Residential Realtors. As a reminder, please subscribe to this podcast to receive new episodes as soon as they are released. For more information on me, my team, and my educational programs, visit my website at www.coachjeffwright.com. Thank you for listening, and here's to your success.